0: Hello, this is Into the Greenwood.
1: I'm Rosie. And I'm Leanna.
0: And I'm Cathy. And today we are looking at a story called The Two Shepherds um, by John Campbell. Um, he's really the only source of it that we have, so we mostly talk about rivers and who the supernatural person in the tale could possibly be.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a very short story. We do our best. Um, we hope you enjoy. There were living in the country two shepherds who were neighbours to each other, and the one would often visit the other. One lived on the east side of the River Speen, and the other lived on the west. One evening, the one from the west side came to visit the one on the east side. He stayed till it was pretty late, and then he wished to go home. It's time I was going home, said he. It's far too late, you can just stay here tonight, said the other. I can't stay, the only bother is crossing the river, and once I'm over that I'll be fine, said the first man. The host had a big strong son who said, if you insist on going home I'll go with you and see you safe over the river. But my father's right, you'd better be staying here for what's left of the night. No, I must get back. In that case I'll go with you, said the lad who called his dog to accompany them. When he had seen their visitor safe across the river, he set out to wade back over the water, carrying his boots and stockings in one hand. Suddenly the dog, which had been swimming alongside him quite happily, made a great splashing leap into the arms of the shepherd lad. Not wanting to get soaked, he threw her off, scolding her for wetting him. Thus they came back to their own side of the river. Then the shepherd lad noticed that he had somehow mislaid his hat. What a nuisance, he said to himself. Did I lose it in the river when the dog jumped up, or did I leave it on the far side? I can't go home without my good hat. So for the third time that night, he crossed the river and soon saw, on the far bank, a big man seated right where he had said good night to his father's friend, and holding his bonnet in his hand. Now, as we said, the shepherd lad was a big, brawny, muscular boy, and fearlessly he went straight up to the big man. Catching hold of the bonnet, he took it from him. "'What business have you with that?' the lad asked. "'It belongs to me.' And putting the hat firmly on his head, he turned and made to cross the river for the fourth time that night. But the big man came after him and put his arm under the arm of the shepherd lad and began to drag him down into one of the deep pools of the river. The shepherd lad defended himself and fought back bravely, wondering who on earth this silent stranger could be and why he should wish to attack him. He felt himself losing his footing and stretched his arm up to grip the branch of an oak tree which hung out over the water. But the big man was striving hard to pull the lad down into the water and the shepherd's son could feel the tree start to give way and creak over towards the water. He panicked just a little then as he heard the roots loosening and giving way on the riverbank. Just when he felt the last root give way, and he thought that all was lost, he heard the cocks crow in his father's farmyard. Then the shepherd lad realised that it was almost daybreak, and he saw a gleam of yellowish light in the eastern sky. The big man had also heard the cocks crowing, and said to the lad, You've stood your ground well, son, and you're a bonny factor. That's just as well, and you needed to defend yourself, or your bonnet would have cost you dear. Then the big man left the scene, and has never been seen again from that day to this. On a scale of um, Kelpie's bridle to Seal Hunter's knife, how do you feel about this story?
0: The thing is, it's kind of hard to classify because it's so short and the title is so irrelevant to what <laughs> happens in the rest of the story. Um, I'm going to say small amount of gold from the. Um, the seals that return you to the land so that you don't have to kill seals anymore. And so it's kind of... It's a plus, but it's also confusing and Mm. it just feels like an odd outcome to this whole adventure. Yeah, That's what I'm going to go for. (laughs) I hope this scale continues to make complete (laughs) objective sense to everybody.
1: Yeah, the first first time I read this story, I just kind of laughed. I thought it was sort of hilarious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I think a big part of the reason that we chose it was just because it was fun, um, yeah. which is a change to some of the more grim and lengthy stories that we have covered so far.
1: Yeah, um, which uh, I can't wait to share one of my ideas with you because it definitely doesn't take it into a grim and lengthy place, but anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, when, when I first read it, I was just sort of who is this man? He just shows up in a river and tries to drown one of the locals and then leaves again forever.
0: It's a strange pastime. I mean, not that I imagine that he's a normal human, obviously. I don't think anybody does. Um, But I was just mm-hmm. amusing myself with that idea that he might just be yes. someone else from the village nearby and everyone's like, Ugh, that John. He tried to drown me yesterday and someone else is like, You know what? He did the same to me last week. He's just <laughs> unstoppable. Um, and strange.
1: Unstoppable. I think he, I like to think that he's just really tired of people crossing this river willy nilly and just making light of it when they shouldn't. And he's just like, well, he won't do that again. <laughs> Not if I try to drown him.
0: I mean, it would work um, as a preventative measure. I think it would put people off from crossing the river, Mm. at least at the junction that he tends to be at. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Anyway, I mean, I don't think I suppose to get kind of into the story properly. I don't know that there's kind of any maybe specific points other than the fact that it's a river that they go through three Mm -hmm. times to kind of really Mm -hmm. discuss. But, um, But what do you think?
1: Well so I first had zooming in on the fact that the river is kind of the main focal point the main significant thing Mm -hmm. I just brought up some general points on on river lore for us to think about (laughs) classic so so in general um, rivers are considered to be tied to deities like across a lot of cultures usually Mm -hmm. it's goddesses and not gods um and the characteristics of the goddesses tend to match those of the river. Um, Mm -hmm. So I found some little fun facts about some Scottish rivers and what their names might mean. So, they think the river Forth, its name might mean deaf or soundless river because it flows very, very quietly. Mm -hmm. Um, The Clyde could mean the strongly flowing or the purifying river, and Mm. the river Tay could be either strong one silent one or flowing one. Uh, okay. So there's kind of a theme. It's either strong, silent or it's flowing, but <laughs> yeah, which uh, sounds very rivery. Yeah. I'll, I'll give I'll give them that. That sounds like a river. Yeah. and it, it seems like it's generally common all over the world that rivers are, are linked to goddesses and have them named after them and still water is kind of generally more seen as a source of danger um, containing lake monsters or just mm. as something that's sort of just pretty that has kind of like morally ambiguous spirits in it but um and although there's like ups- like exceptions to everything in general rivers are kind of seen as more nurturing because mm. they bring you know trade and transport and fresh water and all that kind of thing and still, water is just kind of seen as dangerous prey or nothing, nothing more, really. And it is also very common in Indo-European folklore to view rivers as a kind of protective boundary that supernatural creatures can't cross. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's that absolutely. on on river lore.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, classic uh, summary of all the main points um i suppose we have no idea what river it is that they're actually referring to we do
1: we do, do we? it is it is the river Speen. is it
0: and do we know yes. what that means <laughs> <laughs> um
1: i read the wikipedia page for the river Speen and it just sort of described the various bridges that cross it and the oh. the road that runs <laughs> runs near it so i don't think there is really much Okay. Uh, to be cleaned <laughs> <laughs>
0: on that one hmm. um,
1: but yeah I think it's supposed to be near like Loch Arbor yep yeah. it's interesting so, that
0: we don't have a name for the river, river in the tail itself just the two kind of key areas hmm. I mean
1: my one has it it says Oh, really? Um it's got one lived on the east side of the river Spine and the other lived on the west. Oh really.
0: I think other so versions know, if, if, I've seen it doesn't. You know, maybe if other it.
1: versions if other versions don't, maybe my version is just assuming based on location that it must be the Spine.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I mean the one that I have here, it does say that it's between um Loch Aba and a Scottish name that I'm incapable of pronouncing Um,
1: honestly I saw it and I'm not from that area so I just declined to pronounce it in the story so (laughs) actually yeah
0: (laughs) 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 well um you know, it's
1: just some fair. things are pronounced in really unexpected ways, and it's really embarrassing if you get it wrong. And I couldn't find how to pronounce it on Google, so I just didn't.
0: <laughs> you know, that's modern problems require modern solutions. Um, so fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, in the version that I have, even though it still says that it's uh, Campbell, it doesn't name hmm. the village. Yeah. The river. My English is atrocious today and I apologise for how (laughs) confusing this might be. (laughs) I'd say if it's from like an oral tale maybe it was meant to be well read or performed a bit more locally so people would know what river it's referring to anyway so they just didn't feel the need to have it in every version of it. Like you know if you're in your hometown and someone says oh let's go to the river you're never going to ask which one because you know what they're talking about.
1: Yeah it could be the um, the like, the tale collector just got the kind of lockarb- Lockaber location from just whoever happened to tell him the story and the others, it's just non-specific.
0: Yeah, that is a common, I don't want to say problem, because I think you're right, I think it makes it more interesting and actually in a way, does prove that it's a local tale, because, yeah, if, if you just have one hill or one river nearby,
1: mm-hmm. you're not going
0: to name it all of the time, um, and I do think, at least from the research, that this seems to be a very specifically placed tale. Like, I haven't found other versions of it that are from different places, or that even don't name the places Um, Mm -hmm. everyone just seems to be agreed that it's this area and this river. I want to talk about the dog. Because we only see it once. It's mentioned once and never before or never again. And it doesn't really do anything. But I thought it was very weird that we have it.
1: first thing I thought of, when it comes to the bit when the dog, like sort of jumps into his arms, like, because it's afraid or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like, the story doesn't really seem to do anything with it. The dog is just there. The dog doesn't seem to try to save him from drowning, but um, there is... I think it's... I remember seeing, like, an interview with an Irish folklorist who said that the two animals who can see fairies are dogs and horses. So... Mm -hmm. I suppose the dog's fear. It kind of seems to me like it's been put in to just act as like foreshadowing for us um, to suggest that the dog has seen something, and then they just then they just drop the dog (laughs) entirely.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's kind of lost some detail over time. The dog, it feels like, I mean we have a lot of tales of this noble hero leaving his hometown and he takes his trusty dog with him and it helps him defeat the troll or the ogre or whatever it might be. And it seems like the dog should be doing that here. And like you say, Rosie, it's clearly the dog seems like it's trying to stop him from going back into the river and keeping on crossing. And then we lose the dog by the end. He's just thinking about the hat and then fighting, and it's it kind yeah. of feels like a summarised tale by someone who maybe has forgotten what's going on. Maybe not. Maybe we're having too modern standards for what a story should look like.
1: But it is almost like they were kind of like... I'll keep the bit in about the dog getting scared because I like the effect that has but (sighs) I just can't be bothered to deal with it afterwards so I'm just not (laughs) going to put that part in. (laughs) I mean i had been
0: trying to think what we might be trying to represent by saying that we're going from east to west and then west to east and then east to west again um, Mm -hmm. in such a short period of time and trying to think about days and the way that we have seen in other tales that fairies affect the passage of time and that rivers Mm -hmm. are transformation points um, as we've often noted Um, but I couldn't really if it was west to east then that would be back like the opposite of the sun's normal movement Mm -hmm. so that would make sense to me if it was a curse but that's not the first movement so i was Mm -hmm. hoping there'd be something in there but i couldn't really get anything well
1: well i think i have something
0: (laughs) nice good i was i was hoping it might work as a segue so this is everything i wanted go rosie lead the way
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i have i have a theory about how you could read this tale Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's a rock solid theory. It is maybe a bit fantastical. I have maybe read into things a bit too much okay <laughs> However, exciting I think it'll be fun to talk about mm-hmm. um so I have a theory that on his way back home the when when he's on his way back home with the sun, the shepherd does die in the river okay wow, so. <laughs> So here's, here's how I came up with this. Okay. Um, so West in Celtic stories is often associated with the other world. It's where mm-hmm. the fairies live across the sea. It's the undying land. And yep. as we know, there's a lot of overlap between ghosts and fairies and the fairyland and the land of the dead and those kind mm-hmm. of concepts. Um, and then we have the thing where rivers are seen as magical boundaries, and I thought Mm -hmm. a good example that aligns with my theory is the river Styx, from the ancient Greek mythology, um, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is the boundary between the underworld and living world. And um, in, in this theory, the strong sun is filling the role as a kind of guide for the soul, kind of like Charon, or like Hermes Psychopompus and he's, even though he himself is immortal, he is taking his shepherd friend's soul across the river. Um, The ancient Celts believed that the soul resided in the head specifically Mm -hmm. so the strong sun crosses the river uh, helping this man's soul to cross to the other side but he leaves behind his hat so in fulfilling his role as a guide for the dead, he nearly loses his own soul in the process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: might be a stretch to argue that beliefs that are like that ancient could affect the story for so long afterwards <laughs> and we have spoken about how in other stories um, it's clear that they don't believe that the soul resides in the head they clearly believe that it's in the body um, mm-hmm. but you know, we can agree that he you can read the hat as he left a piece of himself behind something that's a part of his identity Mm -hmm, so then definitely so then we've got him wading across the river holding his his boots and his stockings in order to cross and obviously that's kind of a practical detail but our attention's been drawn to it so i'm gonna read into it (laughs) (laughs) and i'm saying that it represents the kind of untethering yourself from the physical world, removing yourself from, like, the ground and what keeps you grounded, because you're holding your shoes away from you. Um, and then the tale draws kind of special attention to the fact that he crosses three times. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like, it's as if the kind of significance of the number three, like, triggers the River Guardian's, mm-hmm. like rise, and he's almost like a kind of Cerberus figure who's trying to prevent this soul from escaping, because you're not really allowed to go in and out of the underworld that many times without drawing attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So then, so the general gist of my theory here is that it's established that the visiting shepherd shouldn't take the risk of crossing the river. So perhaps it's kind of like, he actually did die on the way and the son nearly dies um, but manages to escape with his soul slash maybe if we go like really massive the um the shepherds always be dead and the west side is the underworld and the other shepherd's house is like the the little like halfway house before you cross into the underworld and then the shepherd's son guides you there or whatever but yeah <laughs> oh that was my theory for for that that aspect of it and i was like i'm reading into it a lot but i'm having fun doing it so
0: <laughs> yeah it is a, it's quite fun that's um it's a very mythological take i had been wondering if we could go somewhere similar um cause I remember when we were doing the brownie episode and um, mm-hmm. saying about how like the story works better when the midwife is having to cross the river with him, and you get all of the life and death problems instead of it just being a random illness, and that it ought to be birth and a midwife and mm-hmm. and kind of something similar here, um I feel like I would have a different take about losing the hat and carrying the shoes instead of it being an mm-hmm. untethering I would, to me my immediate read of that would be losing the I'm going to say seat of wisdom because it sounds grandiose and fun Yeah. Um, and prioritising earthly things too much like kind of we're carrying the dog, we're carrying mm. shoes,,
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe that's we lose our perspective because we're focusing on base things in the most loose sense
1: um, mm-hmm. there's something about taking off the shoes where um. You know, it was kind of, it was hard to, like, read too much into it, I thought, because of course he's taking his shoes off, he's wading through a river, but, you know, I was was just also generally thinking about things like when, um, like, things like, you know, going into, like, a temple or a holy place where you remove your shoes, like, that kind of thing. There's Mm -hmm. something which I didn't really have time to research, but... I do think there's something significant about going barefooted Um, Yeah. yeah and to do to to follow on from the kind of like Cerberus take Mm -hmm. on this man if we go a bit less like in depth and a bit lighter we could just Mm -hmm. say that um he's just chanced it too many times by crossing this river that much and that's just unacceptable to the river essentially like it's unacceptable that he should um toy with fate so much by crossing Mm -hmm. it that many times and that's when the the guardian kind of comes up and is like maybe maybe you will die for this yes
0: because there's clearly a warning that everyone knows about about not crossing the river too often and too regularly at night time, and that mm-hmm. it's specifically the river. It's not the whole length of the journey, it's just that one bit.
1: Um, yeah. Even though it's quite a shallow river, apparently. Yeah. You can just wade across it. Yes,
0: well, I was wondering that. And then you're also saying that if the Wikipedia page focuses on all of the bridges, <laughs> Maybe yeah. maybe sections of it are a lot deeper than others, which makes sense, it's a flowing river of water.
1: I was going to bring up the Wikipedia page, but my laptop's really not having a good time right now, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, so that was my kind of um, mythological take on it, where I heavily read into absolutely everything. Um, mm-hmm here's my more kind of practical take on it. Um, So my thought was um, that maybe the big man is a Kelpie. Um, Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
1: So for those who don't know, a Kelpie is a usually malevolent water horse um, that can often shapeshift into human form. And there's one account of a female Kelpie. Um, But they're basically all male. And so if this guy is to be considered a Kelpie, I feel that kind of aligns with the fact that river deities are usually female, but Kelpies are usually male, and this guy's male. Um, And then... So... Kelpie stories, like they're usually attached to bodies of water in Scotland, it's very common. Mm. So I kind of wondered if maybe um, this story was part of a kind of general local collection of stories where it was sort of like, they had stories about the Kelpie in the river, And this story was more just a piece of supporting evidence where it was sort of like you know what, I think there might be a Kelpie in this river because I know this shepherd and his son and he nearly drowned and it was a big guy and then we've never seen that guy again so he's not from around he's not a guy, he probably shapeshifted into Water Horse. Mm -hmm. Like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was sort of like maybe there's maybe there's other kind of local lore about this area that we just don't have and the sort of apparent randomness of this guy would have a lot more meaning and make a lot more sense in that context
0: it would especially because it draws our attention to the fact that he's dragging the boy to a loch he's not even trying to drown him in the river where they are he's trying to take Mm -hmm. him to a further larger more dangerous still body of water that's isolated yeah Um, and you know again Kelpies I feel like a lot of stories place them in lochs rather than rivers
1: yeah Um, I think I think that's when you get into the whole like Kelpie versus Ahishka thing Yes, but yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) which there are conflicting accounts
1: yeah, um. conflicting accounts, possibility that um, the sort of more Gaelic Ekushka is a water horse belonging to lakes and lochs and still water and the Kelpie is a more uh, lowlandy Scots water horse belonging to rivers um, and there's obviously there's been a lot of like translation back and forth between um, Scots and Gaelic and Ekushka has been translated into Kelpie and people think maybe it should have should not have been and then it's very muddy but <laughs> unclear if there's a proper distinction between them
0: yeah very unclear but I do think I don't know I well I I enjoy both takes very much but we'll, we'll stick with <laughs> the Kelpie one for now um hmm because we do have stories of Kelpies turning into men usually that is to we'll say seduce a woman um, Mm -hmm. of all of the possible verb choices Um, but I imagine there's also stories of Kelpies you know, meeting just men. I mean, like the the story of the lead, and that the kelpie is trapped and curses everyone, and is pretty willing to be be related to death. It's kind of this interplay again that we've spoken of about the fairies and mm-hmm. possible demon, fallen angel, at least omen of death in some way.
1: I did read because often kelpies get described as when they're in human form it's like a handsome young man yeah Um, but I did read uh, it it was when I was a kid so I remember reading this but I've never been able to find the story since in that one it was a big it was like a big hairy man with like a beard and he had like weeds in his beard and that sort of thing and -hmm. he was standing in a river waiting to like drag children down into it So I immediately thought of that Kelpie story when I was thinking about this guy, but, you know, I couldn't find it, so (laughs) there's only my word for it. Um, I also saw another story that was quite fun, that was about, I think it was a story called The Kelpie's Bridge, I think, and, but in that story, Kelpie seems to be describing some kind of imp, like mm-hmm. creature and not a horse mm-hmm. um unclear but essentially the kelpies were getting tired of having to swim or boat across the river so they started building a bridge and it was the most amazing bridge ever covered in gold really beautiful all that kind of thing and then a person saw them building it got really excited and kind of like shouted a blessing to them and because mm-hmm. they're like unholy creatures then just the entire bridge collapsed um, as they sort Mm. of disintegrated under this blessing basically
0: (laughs) that's pretty cool
1: yeah Um... so I feel maybe maybe for that story Kelpie is being used very loosely but I guess I thought of it just because in this story if this man is a Kelpie um he's very bizarre, um yeah. but a lot less directly malevolent in the way in the sense that he seems to operate by some kind of rule and he's mm. like, Well, you fought very well, so you can leave, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yes, um and I was also as you were saying, I was trying to put that together almost with what uh, Liana was saying about it being super, like quite a a local tale. So I'm Mm -hmm. wondering if maybe there was a specific supernatural variant in this area, some monster Mm -hmm. that's kind of like a Kelpie but kind of not. Uh, kind of mixed in with old pagan river deities maybe or just general imps and hobgoblins and all of the other fun Mm -hmm. things from tales that we haven't really got definitions for Mm -hmm. Um, but that it's just a name and a type of creature that we've lost to the ages Um, because obviously there will be a lot of oral mythology that we don't have so yeah, I'm wondering if it's vaguely to do with that because he kind of I don't know in the defeat at daybreak with cocks crowing and things like that it's making me think of trolls and
1: mm-hmm.
0: troll under yeah. the bridge and around water and things like that it's kind of an awkward in between of a lot of different mythological creatures if that's what this man is supposed to be representing
1: yeah and there's a kind of uh there's a sort of he obviously can't cross like a the boundary line into Mm -hmm. daytime Mm -hmm. that's when that's when he stops what he's doing so it's kind of like with like cockerels crowing and like daytime is like light and life and Yeah and that kind of thing and then he's opposed to that he's some kind of some kind of like dark force but like a seemingly very random one who just <sighs> he just did this once and was never seen again.
0: <laughs> he just wants a wrestling match, he's kind of <laughs> The gym was yeah. closed and
1: Yeah, he was just he was just really yearning for some human contact. He's not been <laughs> hugged in a long, long time. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Poor lonely spirit man. Um, I don't know, and then I'm trying to think it's normally Rowan that's protective, not oak, isn't it? Or does oak also sometimes have protective qualities? Well, apparently it's got a lot to do with like Strength, like physical strength and healing, so it could be like a source of that for the for the lad and for going back.
1: he's kind of you know he's ungrounded from his his land, which is where he should be um and then he kind of grabs onto this oak tree and it kind of gives him the strength, but also anchors him back to. Uh, like the physical land literally and figuratively and gives him the strength to resist resist being pulled into the water slash the afterlife.
0: Yes. I also just kind of having a quick little google. Apparently um, parish priests would read a gospel at oak trees this is literally a quick google so validity of this highly questionable but apparently it was to do with the idea of marking out the bounds of the territory so it might also be that's why kind of we like why we specify that this is an oak tree and it's the idea that it's kind of the bounds of our self safe civilization Mm -hmm. And the areas that we have marked out as being protected from these yeah. stand in for demons. Um yeah. again, that's a, an incredibly quick Google. But that feels like a I don't know, a a nice explanation for why it's oak instead of ruin.
1: Yeah. Think,
0: a potential explanation.
1: Yeah, that well, makes sense. I wonder Okay, new theory. <laughs> new theory <laughs> um, about the dog. Amazing. Going- <laughs> We're bringing him back. Going back. Oh, back. Sorry. Going back to the idea of um. Of the idea of a guide for the soul. Mm-hmm. What if it's not the the sun? It's the dog.
0: It's the dog. Ooh. The
1: dog gets a fright. And then maybe when he goes back to get his hat, he leaves the dog on the far bank, and that's why he's not safe anymore.
0: It does promote the dog. It <laughs> gives it a role.
1: Yes, yeah. we're all about promoting dogs on this podcast. <laughs> I say that I don't think we've ever promoted a dog before, but personally, <laughs> that's how I feel.
0: I feel like this is literally the first tale with a dog
1: that we've ever yeah. covered. <laughs> yeah well I've always felt like this and now you're just finding out (laughs) I can't argue with that
0: Um, you know uh, yeah sure (laughs) all I can I don't know in the version that you read because I thought that it was basically the same but there seemed to be maybe some tiny differences Um, yeah he literally says it's disgusting for him to return home without his bonnet. And I'm just wondering, is he that <laughs> intense in his expression about the hat in your version? Because that just seems okay. like a lot to say. There's literally <laughs> there's nowhere to go from this. I'm just curious about how much this man okay. loves his hat.
1: So I feel like the version that I have is quite... It feels more like it's been made... For for children because so when mm. he he notices that he's somehow mislaid his hat and he says, What a nuisance. Did I lose it in the river when the dog jumped up? Or did I leave it on the far side? I can't go home without my good hat
0: and that's uh, that uh-huh. okay. <laughs> Yeah, well no. Now here he says that it says that he puts his head on his hat and there's not a bit of a bonnet on it. And he's saying whether he should return to seek the bonnet or should go home without it. And literally, it's disgusting for me to return home without my bonnet. (laughs) We have no idea if this is even a good bonnet, my dude. Um, I think my closing thoughts might be giving us homework to try and find someone from that region and just ask Mm. them if they've ever heard of this tale before and if they can shed any light on who this big man is or could be. (laughs)
1: That's true. It's, yeah, it was incredibly, like, essentially the only mention I could find of this story was the two collections that it seems to appear in, one of which Mm -hmm. we found it in, the other of which it was originally published in, and that's it. My closing thoughts are going to be, uh, just don't wait across a river in the middle of the night. (laughs) Because there could be strange men in there. <laughs>
0: Solid. How about you, yeah, Liana? Anything? Well, I was thinking, a hat is just a hat. I will never go back for it. You're
1: just getting <laughs> yes. a No. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. If you lose your hat in the river in night in in the middle of the night, don't go back. Just say it goodbye. Time. Just mm-hmm. say goodbye. Just say goodbye. If a strange man has your hat. Let him have it. It's fine.
0: Thank you for listening to the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every week with more folkloric content from stories to analysis. The podcast is brought to you by Folklore Scotland, the charity that aims to make Scottish folklore accessible using digital platforms, telling the tales of the past with the technology of today. If you'd like to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, pop us an email at info at folklorescotland.com and you can find all of our social media as well as a list of sources in the show notes below. The charity also now has a Ko-fi page which you can find in the show notes if you would like to help us continue the work that we do. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.